0: from glitch hq on riverside avenue in
1: extra extra read all about it
0: minneapolis this is nice games club the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development i'm martha mcgarry and i make nice games i'm steven mcgregor and i make nice games and i'm martha croy i too make nice games in this episode your nice hosts bring you a nice games bulletin where we discuss the latest news from the broader world of video games at least as latest as we're able and so if everyone's ready let's start Keeping it alive, alive. Oh yeah! Y'all gotta know it's
2: nice games bulletins.
0: Yeah. So we're gonna be uh, timely with this one. A lot of times we like to record the bulletins when our schedule is such that we are late with things, <laughs> so that so that we this episode will come out sooner to when we record it. That's definitely true. This time we've been. Things have just piled up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> August is a busy month, yeah. everybody.
0: <laughs> the website broke, and yeah. then I also didn't do the episode for a day, which is yeah. nobody's <laughs> fault but mine, but,
1: you know. There was conventions yeah. and birthdays and all
0: sorts of things. So here we are recording Wednesday at 8 o'clock, which is <laughs> not our normal time yep. by something like 72 hours and, or more. <laughs> um, you don't need to know any of that. All right. <laughs> Uh, new releases, Steven.
2: Yes. Okay, let's start it off. Uh, Knights and Bikes, which I've yes, seen a lot of pictures it's and stuff
0: of, but I don't know much about. Uh, it is sort of just an adventure game. Okay. Um, it's uh, it's Double Fine Presents. Ah. So it's, I think it'll be one of their final uh, projects before they get completely swallowed whole by Microsoft. Um, it's just it's just cute and adorable. Like, okay, it's just that's all it is. All right. Um, you should all play it. Yeah, um, enough reason to put this on this list. <laughs> I, I met the art director of that game at GDC like two years ago. Okay, uh, had a pretty a nice conversation. Just like the attitude they had in making it was really nice. Like, yeah, it just I hope it does well. Okay, it's one of those indie games that like you know it could be a big hit one of those indie hits or it could just fly under the radar and only be appreciated by the people who like really appreciate it. Yeah, I hope it's a big hit. Yeah, it's a cute
2: game. That's cool. That's cool. mm Hmm. Uh, another one, Man of Median, which is a weird name. I don't know what the heck that means at glance, but it's mm-hmm. a horror game, so we're probably not going to buy it. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, next one. <laughs> <laughs> well, real quick though, it's the um, it's made by the people who made Until Dawn, and mm-hmm. what's interesting about this one that I thought was cool is that it has like a pass and play mode where like each character, uh, like you each player would have a character that they would play as. Yeah. And when that character like peers and is supposed to make decisions and stuff, you would give the controller to that character to that player. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of neat. It's, it's, I mean, like it's something you could do on your own, but like it's a formalized thing in the game. Oh, it's neat. Yeah. That's uh, the, it's
0: a shame. I'll never play it. <laughs> yeah. <right.
2: laughs> the only thing of novel. <laughs> novelty. Uh, oh, uh, another game in here, control, uh-huh. uh, is, is this the game where like you have psychic powers and you do, st- I don't know what this is. <laughs>
0: Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I actually have read almost nothing about this game, but okay. it's made by people who did Quantum Break. Oh, sure. And, um, and I really, Remedy, they did uh, Alan Wake also. Oh. And oh, okay. uh, I didn't love Alan Wake, yeah. and Quantum uh, Break kind of ran out of steam for me. It yeah. had like a cool, but like, I want to play every game this studio makes. Okay. Like, they're ambitious and creative, and they just try new things as a matter of course. Yeah. And these are big budget AAA titles, so there's not a lot of companies, like Insomniac's another one, where like... You know, it's all the cliches of AAA, but like you can see the the they haven't lost their soul yeah. doing it, okay. Uh, and they're still able to make a, a otherwise mass market product, and it's been getting great reviews. Yeah, and uh, I I really thing. can't wait to play. Yeah, cool. So I'm really curious to hear um uh, what people have to say about that. Yeah, uh, in our own community. That's cool.
2: Cool. Uh, so another one, uh, Remnant from the Ashes. Yeah, uh, it's apparently a uh, it's like Dark Souls but with guns. Yeah. <laughs> And it's supposedly a, really popular right there's now. There's an audience so. for that. There's for an sure, audience right? for it. Yeah, but it's supposedly really popular right now. So mm-hmm. you know, if you're into Dark Souls, it always wish there were more guns in it. Yeah, that's just this is your game. Eh. Uh, <laughs> next one, Astral Chain. Uh, this is by Platinum Games. It's a Switch exclusive. Yeah, and it looked really cool. Like seemed action wise. Like I watched some video of it during the Nintendo Treehouse thing on E3. Yeah. and like it didn't seem that interesting. But if I've, I've heard good things from it, so like I'm curious about it. Yeah, it's been described it. as
0: like Nintendo's next big franchise. Oh, really? Yeah, which is kind of okay. surprising to me. Um, yeah. Martha, have you seen anything about this game? No. It it's very Japanese. <laughs> um, yes, that's right. <laughs> and accurate. what that means is that um, the women aren't wearing pants.
2: Oh, so well, like
0: I'm like maybe I'm overreacting a little bit because it's not as egregious as these things get. But I mean, that's really turned I've been turned off by just it's just like we're past that. We just shouldn't be doing that anymore. Mm. You know, yeah. I don't know. But it look, I mean, the gameplay looks great, but like I don't know if that's enough for me. You know, sure. um, but platinum always makes a good good title. So
2: yeah, uh, I mean, like yeah, and it's supposedly you know big action game,
0: game-up yeah. stuff. So the, the premise about. is interesting. This idea, the astral chain, being this concept of like. Actually, if within the battle you are attached to things, yeah, and it's it's cool, it's unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. that's what I'm curious well, about.
1: Is it moddable? So you can mod pants onto people? <laughs> it's on well,
0: the, switch, it's the switch. It's the switch oh. on the title right now. Yeah. Well, yep.
1: Is <laughs> it can... secretly moddable?
2: <laughs> 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 I mean,
0: technically, it is. Get out of switch hackers. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, another game here, Telling Lies. Yeah, uh, is a spiritual sequel to Her Story. Mm-hmm. the creator of Her Story made this. Uh, and you basically go through like CIA videos, and I feel like really if I creepy. played
1: it, I'd be even more paranoid.
2: <laughs> <laughs> paranoid. Yeah. Okay.
0: So keep it away from Martha, but otherwise,
2: uh, like yeah, it, I've heard it's pretty good, but it's also yeah. like creepy, like in a way that makes you feel creepy and in, intentionally
0: because you are invading the privacy of these these recordings. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, her story had a little bit of that where you were sort of being sort of you this intimate relationship with this character who was completely one one sided yeah um, and and you were you were you were forcing yourself to draw conclusions and put pieces together, but you always felt like you were not being fair to the subject because you had to develop these like working theories um, that you knew weren't complete but you had to you had to uh, sort of i mean that game didn 't have a lot of mechanics per se, yeah but it, it you made decisions and moved forward based on these ideas yeah and then you in this full motion video so you then you you search for the thing that to follow up on your theory and then that's not quite right. And you have this little moment of like where you empathize with your sort of mistreatment of this character by what you assumed. It's, it's really interesting and I, I think that like the full motion video part of it is, it's silly as it is, it's like it is just real. So, It really makes that those 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 emotional connections that you have stronger. Yeah, and uh, this game is just bigger in scope, multiple different characters, a bigger story, like you know more to it, and so that's fantastic. Yeah, did either of you play her story? I did not.
1: No, I think I have it, but I haven't gotten a chance to play it. Play
0: it with some people. So like have uh, the way I played is uh, I went over to a friend of mine's house and. Um, the four or five of us just sat on a couch mm-hmm. and we watched the clip, we theorized, we talked it out loud, and then we all said, okay, search for this next. Uh. And so it was a real, it's one of those games you don't need to ha- be, have your hands on the keyboard to play. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it happens in your head and in the room. And um, so I would recommend uh, that game anyway, playing with some people. This one I, I'd assume is the same, but it's probably, I wonder if I, being bigger and more complicated might make it a little harder to play with, with others. Um yeah. but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to get a group of people together to play this one. Okay, cool,
2: cool. Sounds
0: like a fun game. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh Ancestors, the Humankind, Odyssey. Ah, that's a title. <laughs> uh <laughs> it's a it's a basically like you're uh like I think it's kind of like like you're evolving from apes to man or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh I've heard it's kind of uh uh, hard to play yeah <laughs> but like it's interesting this whole concept right and, like You're... apparently like they don't describe the the game is, the game is very intentional in that it doesn't describe how you like successfully evolve mm-hmm. a lot of the, in a lot of ways so
0: so does it like to- is told in like vignettes where you play like a proto-human and then a, you know uh, like a primate the proto-human and then like a, a early hominid and
2: uh like, i th- or do you
0: follow like generations of the same f- i'm asking you a lot of questions i know you
2: don't know the answer <laughs> to. I don't know answers to these things but like yeah i i You basically like gain skills somehow by figuring out how to evolve. I didn't look into it too much because I'm curious about it and not, and like I didn't want to spoil it all for myself right away. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you're curious about it do
0: check it out.
1: I've heard that it's kind of spore-like,
2: but like
0: in a good way. Okay. Yeah. So like it, it has like sort of overall mechanics, but then everything in it changes. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that it's sport like but kind of in a bad way. <laughs>
2: oh. okay. So maybe everything about Spore is this game. If you really like Spore.
1: <laughs> I just know someone who worked on Spore, so I like to be more positive about oh, Spore. Oh, that's, weird.
2: that's weird. <laughs> um, Monster Hunter World Iceborne is coming out, which is... Oh, I so know
1: excited. people who will be excited for that.
2: It's me. It's me. I'm excited for it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to catch up because I'm behind... Um, um, on the in the original one, but like you know, it looks really cool. I did I did play that at E three, and I that's what got me more into Monster Hunter again. So, mm-hmm.
1: is uh, it going to be like Yetis?
2: Uh, yeah, kind of. It's it's basically an expansion for Monster Hunter World. If you played uh, uh Dragon's Dogma, it's like kind of like that, where like they basically added an entire additional game to the game, which I'm really looking forward to because it looks really cool. Mm. Yeah. Um. NBA 2K20 is on this list. The, really, the only reason it's on this list is because it, this one also includes the WNBA. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Other than that, though, it's like the same kind of money grab kind of thing yeah. that the other ones are. So
1: I've heard like your players like wear out over time and then you have to like rebuy them or something. <laughs> oh, like
2: that. I, there are like trading cards that you can use to build your team or something. And then like you go know, online and win with them or whatever. I think. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But But the sports games are RPGs now. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. I guess so. All All they need are floating numbers when you hit the basket. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) That's what we need to do. Just add floating numbers to everything. (laughs) Just
0: twos and threes. (laughs) Right. Right? Yes. (laughs)
2: Uh, Gears of War 5. That's coming out soon. Uh, I guess maybe now by the time you hear this. I don't remember. But uh. It's cool cuz it's another Gears of War game. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh me and my brother used to play these we went and played through the co-op versions of the first and the second one. Yeah. Um then we tried the third one, we didn't get into it as much.
0: This is definitely a case of a long-running franchise that mm-hmm. is now entirely in new hands. Yeah. Um I mean, I say entirely, but uh, I might be somewhat mistaken, sure. but like the, the core, the the leadership team is different and the the st- the main characters are different and right. it's all it's weird that they just called it 5. Yeah. I think the last one didn't have a number.
2: Uh, uh, I think it was Gears four. Actually, now that I think about it, I think that this is supposed to be called Gears five, and then the last one was Gears of War four. Oh, jeez. Like so it's like it- a
0: Fast and Furious thing where they're like toying with them. Yeah, good yeah. for them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, uh, but so it, it's a it's a test of this franchise. Like if this one doesn't do well, then then will it go on forever? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, when Halo four. Came out sure yeah that was uh, a new that was uh, the the new the new studio that was whatever. yeah mm-hmm. and so um, it did well and suddenly uh, the 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 fans the the studio the publisher like everybody was decided, okay we've we've survived the transition now onward right yeah. and so it maintained a flagship title for Microsoft yeah um, this is similar in that I think going forward I think this will be it's the test of whether it's going to remain one of the the Xbox uh, pillars yeah. right. Um, yeah, that's see. about the only reason I'm interested in it. Okay. Because it's the industry story a little okay. bit. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. But think about like, a game like Mass Effect, like uh, Mass Effect and Andromeda, didn't do well. It wasn't oh. well received, didn't sell well. And it was by another team at BioWare. Yeah. And that tanked that franchise. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there are design docs for another Mass Effect, but like, when will we see one again? I do know.
2: It's a good question. In, so in ten years, when it needs a revival, and we'll yeah. call it Mass Effect. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, uh,
0: yep. <laughs> I don't know. That stuff's fascinating to me. Yeah. No. That's. It's really easy to get cynical about AAA stuff, but like, it's a really unique way to make a product, uh, like these franchises, and how yeah. you maintain them, and the risks that you are able to take, and sometimes the, these things will just take big swings because they just get restless and they need to take a big swing. Yeah. Uh, you know, compared to like film franchises would t- tend to be conservative to a fault. Now, that's true of video games, but sometimes it's not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how big a swing this one is, but it does seem different than, yeah. than the previous ones in yeah, a lot one. of ways.
2: I heard that this one does not have the chain gun thing in it. The chainsaw gun or whatever. Oh, well that's a pretty big swing. That's a huge <laughs> swing. That's like the main draw, of the first one. Yeah. So we'll see how this does. Mm hmm. Um, Last but not least, certainly not least, Anodyne Two. Yeah, yeah, monthly release game. <laughs> <laughs> we had Marina on the show earlier to talk about like her experience uh, b- developing the game mm-hmm. um, and such. So you could check out that episode.
0: Um, it's a and, very
2: good interview. Yeah, and you can also buy the game on Steam and itch.
0: Yeah, and it's been really well received, mm-hmm. and it's it's going to have a, um, a physical edition, and it's like it's good. I'm glad that it's it's uh, it's on its way to being an indie darling. So yeah. that's pretty exciting stuff. <laughs> Um, so, uh, we'll put a link, uh, uh, for this one, we'll put a link to store pages because we want our audience to support it. So. yeah, check it out.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. On to news. <laughs> Not quite. Not on to news. No. All right. We're
0: doing the, <laughs> <laughs> so Stephen's looking for a loop here. But, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna, we're, uh, this is news to, to the audience. Yeah. We're, we're going to be doing ads now. We're finally big enough. That someone wants to pay us for access to your ears. Yes. It's exciting, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. I know all cool. of you listening are like really excited about
2: this. <laughs> it's cool
0: for us. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we do have bills to pay to right. run the show. And so, um, but at the same time, we, we are not just going to take any, uh, you know, um, mattress ad that comes our way. <laughs> um, uh, and so for this first one, we're, gonna, we're working with a, a, a group of product that we're really actually quite excited about. So uh, here, we'll tell you all about it. Can you believe it? This week's episode of Nice Games Club is sponsored by Codex, the project management tool for game developers made by game developers. It's made by the same team behind the highly rated Curious Expedition and its upcoming sequel. If you've used a project management tool in the past, you know that learning a new one can be kind of annoying, right? Oh, I hate those.
1: Oh, I love them.
0: Okay, either way, uh, Codex is different. It has a playful, approachable design inspired by trading card games. It uses familiar metaphors like decks and hands, So you can quickly organize your tasks, adjust your workflow, assign priority, or whatever else you need to do to manage your otherwise total mess of a project. Hey, be nice. Codex also has Discord integration, which no other tool of its kind has. Collect feedback, ideas, and bug reports from your community, which you can then lovingly implement or callously ignore as you please. Codex scales to any project, so it's perfect whether you're working alone or with a team of any size. Sign up for free at codex.io slash nicegamesclub to get a special introductory offer.
2: I'm gonna spell it out for you. C-O-D-E-C-K-S dot IO slash nice games club.
0: Be sure to use that address so we get the credit because we like these people and we want to stay friends with them. Martha? That's
1: codex.io slash nice games club.
0: All right, Steven. Time for proper news. Yeah. Ooh, what news. is happening? News. News. <laughs> 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 Just news, news, all news, news. I'm starting to doubt your enthusiasm. <laughs>
1: Are you a Pokemon now that can only say news? News, news, yes. news, 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 news. <laughs> news, news,
2: news, news. Um, Pax is happening right now. Well, not when this episode comes out, but uh, right now, maybe. I who's to say? <laughs> Who knows? Um, my brother is there with um, Ava and Holly, who's been on the show plenty of times mm-hmm. before. Uh, Ava's also been on the show before, and my brother, uh, <laughs> they're showing uh, Hyperdot off. Um, also, I think uh, Andy and Beth are also there.
0: Yes, that's true. Yeah, uh, Beth is
2: doing a talk during mm-hmm. the PAX dev section of PAX.
0: Yeah, uh, Beth is doing a panel out there, which is really exciting. Yeah, I don't,
2: do you know if those get recorded? Those? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, well, maybe we'll look it up, and if it is, then we'll have it yeah. in the show notes. We'll not, put in the show notes links yeah.
0: to uh episode that Beth was on most recently. Yes. Uh, where she talked about uh, narrative design, um Verdant Skies. That was a really fun one, too. Yeah, yeah. Check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, also if you're at Pax, hi. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean there will be news from Pax but we don't know yet. So. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't happened yet for us. So yeah. Check it out. Um in uh less exciting news. Yeah, less uh, good news. Yeah.
1: Not nice news. Yeah. <laughs> we we had a song last time or like know. a yeah. I, not I hope we, nice news. We should just
0: come with a new one each time because I would hate to remember what that song is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we should
0: never have to say it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We got a couple of not nice news.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So first off, uh Game Informer, there was a lot of layoffs. Half of the company got laid off. Um, some people at my uh at my company uh are very are good friends with or you know significant others of people who worked at Game Informer who got laid off too. Yeah. Um so it's uh it was sad.
0: Overall. Yeah, Game Informer is sort of the Slice of AAA that's here in Minneapolis, right? And uh, and you know those of us here at Glitch and in the community have had a good relationship with the people there, mm-hmm. and uh, it is really sad. Yeah. Um. And the, it was a result of the parent company GameStop, which is you know it's a retail organization in a digital world, and so uh, they're trying to reorganize, and you know I don't know how everything that's going to work, but yeah. uh, Game Informer is really, really very much tied mm-hmm. to the fate fate of their retail operation because they're like the last print game uh print magazine in, in the gaming space. Right. And one of the reasons that's true is because Game Informer um, is distributed uh you know, through subscriptions of course, but also at GameStops and that is a big part of their network yeah. and their, their exposure and their yeah. visibility.
2: I've heard that like there's the third most distributed magazine in it
0: might even be the world, yeah. And so, yeah. Um, you know, as the print industry, especially in gaming, the, the enthusiast press, yeah, uh, went online. Game Informer stayed as a print magazine because it had a, a way to stay alive. Mm-hmm. Um, what's What's nice about them is that they have really improved their online presence. And our pal uh, Ben Hansen, who runs video over there, has done a really good job of making some of their content the best in games journalism. Yeah. Um, but they've also they, so they they straddle the line between new media and old media. And this is sort of a consequence of like the, those, the, that transition ultimately. Mm-hmm. And so part of me is thinking like, well, this was sort of bound to happen, but also like a lot of people lost their jobs right. and there's really no, no silver lining to that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, they're all very hireable, which is good. Yes. And some of them have already snapped up new positions. Yeah. Maybe we'll put outlets. some links
2: of, uh, to some of the Twitters that people mm-hmm. have. And, you know, hire them. Yes.
1: Yeah. They are cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. They write good things. Yeah.
0: yeah. They do. And you know, uh the Game Informer is going on. It's not shuddering. Yeah. Um, but you know, they've got they've got a tough uh, you know, transition to manage. Right. <laughs> so good luck to them. Mm-hmm. Uh also sad news. Um are- we should
1: yeah, if you don't want to hear about um abuse and sexual assault, please skip forward a couple minutes. Yeah, we'll put
0: some we we'll the time code in the show notes if you're if that's something you'd like to not hear about. Yeah. Uh, so um, there have been accusations
2: of abuse by fame by several famed indie developers. Do you remember the, the Twitter that was? Uh,
0: no, that? I don't. I, I didn't want I didn't really write down any of the names. I, okay. I kind of just wanted to talk about the issue sure. and let people look it up at their, if they want to. Yeah, uh, these stories. I think yeah. what we'll do is we'll link to some of the um, the um, the the messages on Twitter about people talking about really what. If you're interested in supporting victims and making sure that people in the industry no longer stay silent, no longer protect abusers, I think a lot of people have a lot of interesting things to say, yeah. and I'm interested in, in just amplifying those voices. Yeah. So I think we'll put, a, we'll put some of those in the show notes. Um, but we don't need to get into the nitty gritty Right,
2: let's not get specific about it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um,
0: um, but yeah, a couple of people who are sort of well-known in the indie space um, and it, uh, have been, you know, uh, 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 you know, called out, mm-hmm. and uh, by very credibly. This is not just this is not he shed. she said. I think, yeah, um, I don't think it's that uh, out on a limb to say that these these are stories that are, you know, very credible, right? Um, and um, it's it's sort of telling because it's surprising to people who are not familiar with these people or, or the circles that they ran in. Um, but a lot of this was open secrets um, yeah. for the people who were in those tighter communities. And the bigger story that for me is the fact that it, that it stayed under the radar for so long when, it, when a lot of people knew. Um, I feel like that's how a lot of these things go though.
2: That's with true. These, like when, when people speak up about it, it's, it feels like it's something that a lot of people have been talking about in Sort of closed circles for a long time, mm-hmm. like these open secret sort of things. Um, and when somebody speaks up about it, then it finally gets brought to light to the point where like people start losing, they start closing ties with these people, um, where that should have happened earlier because mm-hmm. they already knew about these kinds of things. Um, yeah, I don't know, like this has happened in other industries as well. Uh, it's not, it's not necessarily just in games, but it's, you know, it's, it's, um, It's, it's, it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It sucks. Um, but, um, I am glad that they, that the people felt brave enough to be able to do this because, like, this is something that we needed to, we need something, we need to do something about these kinds of problems because this is, this is something that's okay. Something that we should not allow to happen in our industry or any industry. Mm -hmm. Um, so
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just such. I don't know what to do about it or say about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I think that's <laughs> hard, right. It's like yeah. hard. Like we don't know what to do. We don't know how much of our own stories to tell. We don't know, in, you know, when to be proactive and when to hang back and let other people take the stage or to d- direct action. It, and I think people feel uncomfortable, and I feel like that. That's we should just. We should deal with that. Like we should just be fine being uncomfortable <laughs> because yeah. that is the least of our worries. Yeah. I think, In scenarios like this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So think about the people you know, the people who the hints you've gotten, and keep your eyes open, your ears open. Yeah. Um, and don't let yourself um shrug it off, and don't because maybe it's not direct- impacting you directly. Don't let that not be your problem. Yeah. Um. Don't let it be an open secret. Yeah. Do we have any more less good news? Uh, yes. <laughs> Steven. That's all. It's, it's news. Uh, news. News, news, news. Uh, all cheer, all fun. That's what we agreed on at the top of the show. No or-
2: bummers. <laughs> yeah. Well, the world doesn't agree with that, I guess. Um, Iron Fury. Uh, this is the this is, this is story where uh, the Iron, there was that new game that came out, Iron Fury. Yeah. And it has some, uh, it's based on 90s stuff.
0: So yeah, like serial Sam built, and things. Yeah, it's built in the uh, build engine, which is what Newt Dukem three D oh, was built in. Okay, so it's okay. like it's nostalgic in style, but also yeah. in tech. That's neat.
2: Um, well, uh, there were some uh, controversial and uh, rightfully so um, statements in the games. I don't know the specifics, but uh, they were uh,
0: transphobic, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, good.
3: <laughs> I mean, this is also awful. less good,
0: but it has the. Ad- it has the advantage compared to other less good news in that it's also stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, yep. you can kind of enjoy how stupid it is. Right. It's so stupid. Right, so
2: how I understand it is the developers of Iron Fury, or some, asked, some part of the developers of Iron Fury were like, this is bad, we should get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And then they tried, to do, and they tried to do that, and then gamers said, ah, censorship, which, you know, that's not, it's not censorship. It's literally just editing the game. Uh Like you know, patching it, (laughs) do that all the time, Uh, and so then the developers came back and said, "We're not gonna
0: patch it." Right. They put their foot down and they said, "No censorship ever." Uh. We're standing up. But um, I mean, that's you know, it's like the digest version of the story. It's basically they um, when there was things in the game that was discovered, Mm. it wasn't actually a lot of things, but there's a couple of things, and they um, uh, this is actually being co-published by 3D Realms who. Did Duke Nukem 3D and uh. probably doesn't want to be like <laughs> <laughs> like they they're they're struggling in some places. So like I think there was a lot of like internal pressure among like the companies that were possible putting this game out to say like listen you know let's just fix these things and make an apology. And they offered to donate money to the Trevor Project, which is a great. GLBTQ uh, a suicide prevention group. Yeah, and it seemed like the thing corporations do when they get in trouble is they like they apologize, they take out whatever thing, and then they just promise to do better, and nobody believes them. Mm. Um, but you know that's still a, a good result. But yeah. then, like you said, gamers like people review bombed them on Steam. Yeah. and Steam didn't do anything about it because yeah. it didn't rise to the level of fixing it. Uh-huh. And then then the developers said, okay, you know what? Never mind. Never mind. We are standing up for free speech. Please, gamers, don't hurt us. And um, it's like the opposite of standing up for free speech. <laughs> I, th- that's the that's the thing. I don't think a lot of people are getting the. I think the the standing up against censorship is just a ridiculous on its face. Yeah. Like like you said, it's it, people patch they ch- make changes. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think the real scandal here is that this this developer, uh, every move they made was out of fear, not mm. conviction. Yeah. Like they're they're absolute cowards. They uh, people they're like, "Oh no, you know what? This is we're in a woke society. We better change this, otherwise we won't get sales." Mm-hmm. "Oh, wait a minute. Gamers hate it and they w- they want us to stand up for our gay jokes? Okay, then we're just going to pretend that we're like all for freedom like yeah. it's all disingenuous and I mean and so stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's why it's kind of funny cuz yeah. how stupid it is. Also,
2: I heard, I from I'm not exactly positive on this, but I heard that like the things that people found were like from in the game, in the code, but not actually in the game. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. Gamers were getting upset about things that weren't even in the game to be censored in the first place. Yeah. I don't know.
0: There's uh. some accounts of them, uh, the the developers on their Discord saying certain things that are, yeah. you know, and so it really comes down to not so much that there's like a million terrible things in this game. It's that there's a couple little things that sort of mean a lot, mean a bigger thing. Yeah, and the fact that they put their foot down on this just to mollify this crybaby crowd. Mm-hmm. Who was you know review bombing them on Steam yeah. uh, shows that they really have no courage of their convictions, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's depressing but it, at least it's transparent like yeah. it's not, it's not worth arguing about because it's pretty clear yeah. I think
2: well uh, yeah, I, I do think that there are two groups within the i I was a little confused when I read like some of the articles on this thing, uh-huh. it seems like there were two groups of developers, one group was pushing to to move the content and was you know pretty staunchly against it, and then another group one of them one group that it seemed like the lead developer who was making these terrible comments um was in was pushing against that yeah so i don't know if it's there's there's may there might be more to the story either way though it's pretty dumb and yeah and, yeah uh <laughs> good news
1: now good news yes yes is
0: yes. it time for good news good news well
1: now nice news this is a <laughs> the, Nice news now. I mean, you
0: say that, but this is a bit of a transition from bad news to good news.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, medium,
1: medium news now. Medium <laughs> news, now. Medium <laughs>
2: news. <laughs> Well put, well put. Medium news club. Uh, Telltale uh-huh. is rising from the dead. Uh, uh-huh. is, I don't know this one. Is, is Tentale actually coming back?
0: Yeah, so Telltale as a company, the, the, the brand, its assets, its licensing agreements, it was uh-huh. purchased okay. and is being spun up again as a new company. Um, and that seems like oh. great news yeah. um, the problem I think and the thing that makes it medium news is that uh,
1: it's like the medium place from yeah. the good place
0: <laughs> it, they're not hiring back the staff oh. uh, they're offering some people freelance opportunities to manage maintain and continue on some of the sort of like ah, existing projects ah,
1: freelance opportunities yeah, okay no benefits or anything right it's just cool, 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 it's cool, cool, just cool.
0: Uh, it's the, the telltale as an asset has yeah. value uh-huh. and somebody saw the value you. I'm not going to be cynical and say that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, but um, and thankfully people were pretty quick to pounce on what this really means, mm. which is just that it yeah. doesn't mean the IP is back. Yeah, and that's really all it means. Yeah. And like, that's fine, I guess. But I um, and that's why it's not bad news, but it's not great news either. It's medium Shit. news. <laughs> can, we, can we have good news now? Can we?
2: Can we?
1: <laughs> nice news now. Uh, nice news now.
2: Disney it's games. It's time
1: for nice news now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's our theme. What kind of news is it time for now?
1: It's nice news now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Disney games remastered. They're remastering. Oh, Aladdin and Lion King. Wait, Whoa. wait, wait, wait. What? That's cool. The only thing I really know about those is the speed runs because
0: I didn't play the games yeah. when I was growing up. Wait, My is life. this the
1: Lion King, like the Lion King storybook Lion King?
0: I honestly don't know because I only played the Aladdin games. Okay. For, uh Genesis. Yeah, the
2: Aladdin games are kind of like Prince of
0: persia right? Or am I wrong? Uh, that's not that's not a bad way to describe them. Okay. I don't know if they play exactly like it, but they are sort of third person or uh, side scroll adventure games. Yeah, um, and uh, lovingly animated, yeah. like Prince yeah. of Persia. Uh, not rotoscoped as far as I know, but mm. you know, uh, but by Disney animators. Yeah. So there's the famously there's two versions of Aladdin, one for Super Nintendo, one for Genesis, made by different developers. Oh. Um, and the Genesis one is seen as the, is the slightly inferior one for gameplay, but it looks so much better mm. because it was animated by Disney animators, oh, the sure. people who actually worked on the movie or at least adjacent to. And so, um, if you're my age, uh, this you've played one of these games. Okay. Um, and so I played the Genesis version as a kid. My sister and I did. And I had a lot. Of, I didn't really like that movie. I know I never liked Disney movies growing up, mm. but I love that game. Yeah. And um and so that's kind of cool. And this remastered collection is going to include all versions of Aladdin and the Lion King, which is oh. I don't know anything about that. OK. Um, uh, those two titles for all platforms. Wow. <laughs> and I think even the Game Boy versions are in there. Oh, dang. Um, so that's cool, right? Yeah. And, Does I this know. one
2: have Will Smith in it?
0: This is joke. nice news, Stephen. This is good news. Hey,
2: okay, hold on. I did see that movie and yeah. it's like fine. <laughs> it's not bad. Bill Smith does a decent yeah. job. It's fine. <laughs> Have you played these old games? I I I didn't play any well, of
1: them. Well, I I played a Lion King storybook game. I don't know okay. if that is oh, the I one. Oh, you're talking yeah. about Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: that game's fun. <laughs> it it's, was. Yeah, it was it's like yeah, it's like a point and click kind of thing. Oh, okay. That's yeah. the one I'm
0: familiar. With. Oh, wait,
2: is that going to be on here too?
0: I mean, it could <laughs> be. Like I Oh, I have to I haven't looked then. that hard cool. into it. I All just right. was like I played that Aladdin game. Yeah. I've I've played that Super Nintendo game later to, yeah. just to see the differences. Uh and I it's one of the most fascinating stories of that era of gaming. Yeah. And so it's kind of cool that they're and it has a lot of people nostalgic for it. So Kind of neat that they're doing a remaster. Well, it's I, unexpected. Like I don't know who exactly was asking for it. Yeah. But it does seem like somebody thought to do it and everybody was like, Oh yeah, that'll make money. <laughs> like, oh yeah, definitely will. I think but these are the kind of projects like in big giant Corporations like Disney, mm-hmm. like uh, you just need someone to kind of champion internally, yeah, and for a lot of people to like not disagree with it, and that seems like what happened here. <laughs> 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 yeah,
1: They're like, hey, well, God. if you don't have anything
2: going on, yeah. you do that, I guess. Sure. We can throw
0: some bodies at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I really hope they have the the Lion King storybook game in there. yeah, because I want to see it. That's really fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. All the, story, yeah, all the Disney storybook games were really fun as a kid. I would kind of want... If we ever do a Patreon, I want to do like uh, Martha's Nostalgia Corner uh-huh. where like I talk about kids' games. Anyway.
0: <laughs> you heard it here. So if you want that to happen, uh, money, please.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, uh, additional
2: news. Secrets of Blackmore. Martha, <laughs> tell us about it. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, it's a documentary mm-hmm. about... My dad and his friends who made the Dungeons and Dragonses. Mm
2: -hmm. You know, that little thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's a little game, you know, that you might have heard of it. Right. Um, uh, Yeah. So recently got an article about it in Kotaku. Yeah. So it's documentary about um, most people have heard the story about Gary Gygax and the Wisconsin crowd, uh, Lake Geneva, who made... uh, the company TSR and published the first edition of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, But there was another group in Minnesota with Dave Arneson and my dad and a bunch of other people, David Wesley, a lot of Davids. There were a lot of Davids. Um, (laughs) The David to girl ratio was not great. Um, But anyway, uh, so uh, they were actually making more of the like role playing part of the game Mm -hmm. that, um, the people in Wisconsin were not.
0: They doing. were more interested in like war gaming, tabletop, that tradition. Yeah. Right? So
1: both, both groups were kind of into it, but um, uh, like, it's so funny because like the, the framing of the documentary and the framing of the article are like, it was really Dave Arneson who invented the whole thing. <laughs> and cause they, had, they got in this Dave Arneson and Dave uh, Gary Gygax got into this huge fight mm. about who invented it. And they both lost like all this money fighting each other in court um and like the whole like the the lead that gets buried in both of the the article and the movie is that like it wasn't really either of them like it kind of was everybody who was there contributing yeah. ideas and like you know in a dungeon and dragons game the dungeon master kind of gets all the credit but like the players help make the game too and yeah. I, that's kind of mm-hmm. what happened and like if anyone was going to claim the rights it would be david wesley because he was the one who was actually like hey let's play like he he made up this game called brownstein which is was just role-playing it didn't have any, like hardly right. any of the the battle mechanics or anything mm-hmm. um and so like he could he could claim it too but he's like super nice and it's like whatever <laughs> just play the game guys <laughs> <laughs> and i think that's that's the point that i want people to take out of the story of dungeons and dragons is like anyone could have made this this was a it wasn't like every my dad and his friends are are really smart people and good game designers but they were bringing together ideas from that all already existed together role-playing and like theater sort of games mm-hmm. and uh and these were games with all these rules and Things like that, and just brought brought them together and made this really cool thing and I think that's that's the thing it's like if you work together you can make a really cool thing so
0: yeah and I, the I've read through the Kotaku article and the things that two things struck me as really interesting one was that they each had uh, uh, the sort of main players had each designed a game or a campaign in a system that then all were pivotal to the creation of Dungeons and Dragons so Blackmore the the the, the title of the documentary. Um, that was uh, um more role play style. Uh, Chainmail. It was the battle system that Gygax created. And when you put those together, you know, you had the make had the the beginnings. And that's where a lot of the popular th- uh, myth of it comes from. But but the truth of it is, and I think the article gets into a little bit of like that. Everyone in that group kind of pitched in a little bit of the ideas, and each one of those little ideas was fundamental to the creation of what we know as the pen and paper RPG Mm. and the second thing which is one of those is just the best thing I saw is this quote about your dad (laughs) about how they're playing a game and they encounter a magical sword that grants wishes and then your dad says hey we should like add this to the character sheet so we could use it next time (laughs) so basically your dad invented loot which explains (laughs) so much about you
1: Wow, it totally does! Oh my goodness! Oh my god! I never even thought about it.
2: It's in your DNA to like
0: Borderlands.
1: The completionist to me is like
0: yeah. But just that's amazing because like it it, it is. It, you know, you think of the of role playing, the story games, the theater games as you describe it. Like that idea of 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 campaign and a progression. It seems so like. Duh, but that that was something that took a while for people to really like get down. Mm. Yeah, a- and and just seeing the the minutia of that, like, and also it sort of sort of tell you like what other random ideas that that did people not have that could have been foundational. Yeah, like it's amazing, and and that gives you kind of confidence as a creative person yourself. Like any of my stupid ideas could could form the a cornerstone to something amazing. Yeah, right. Yeah, if you work together like you described.
1: Yeah, exactly. Everyone brought a piece of it. Like, yeah my dad brought loot I guess and also he made the board game dungeon version and like that helped with all the designing of, of underground dungeons and things like that mm-hmm. so yeah right, because the it. dungeon
0: concept was like one of the last things they added to it yeah. right
1: <laughs> yeah. so yeah that's what I want people to take away mm-hmm. at least if you want to take away anything <laughs> from me I don't know
0: <laughs> So the documentary is interesting but not completely Martha approved. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Uh yeah. I think I think I'm really glad that it's out because there have been many failed documentaries that my dad has done interviews for. So mm-hmm. it's it's nice to have something out there that um that he feels good about. Yeah, so yeah.
0: yeah. And as as one of the names that's part of the Part of that group, it doesn't get mentioned a lot. Yeah, like some do is owed, right? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: My dad's a minor celebrity. <laughs> I'm so proud of. <laughs> I'm so proud of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Speaking that's good. of being proud of my dad. You should be listening up for a future episode.
0: Right. Yes, he's going to be at this table in the clubhouse.
1: Oh, we should bring the ta- No, that would be too much work. But we should bring the table and do the <laughs> podcast at the table, aka the original Dungeons and Dragons table,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: which that is in my dad's dope. basement. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah. Have I never told you this?
2: Uh, I didn't know it. Uh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. There's a ping pong table that was in David Arneson's basement, which is uh, where they played all their games. Yeah. Because he had a chill basement and that's Ah. yeah
2: (laughs) okay just grew up with that table okay yeah and it's uh, it's cool
1: yeah so yeah then my dad inherited it and has been taking it to convention stuff so if you see my dad at a convention with a ping pong table that's that's the the table you can play Dungeons and Dragons at it wow
0: wow well, there's a lot to talk to your dad about about that whole history, but also his work in video games. Yeah, uh, he's got a lot, and in board games, like just <laughs> he's interesting, and I can't wait uh, <laughs> to talk to him. So that's going to be next month, sometime. So just yes. subscribe to the show; you'll you'll get it. Calendar math. <laughs> Calendar math.
2: <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, I think it was Star Wars Galaxy Edge. Galaxy's Edge opens. Yeah. So, uh, is that a what is that a theme park? I don't know. <laughs>
0: I really don't I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I'm like surprised or like upset about that. I don't, I don't pay attention. <laughs> like it's fine. It's not Wars. like major news. Yeah. Um but uh, a sort of a Star Wars themed area of Disneyland <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, opened up. Okay. And um Oh, the, that's weird. It's you really can, interesting. Okay. Um
1: you can buy a very expensive lightsaber that you make yourself. Oh. For four hundred dollars. <laughs>
0: oh, is that all? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one of those things where they milk the fans. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. But, if, but you know, it's they're really interesting experiences if you if you are a fan and want to immerse yourself in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the reason I put it on the list is because there's an article in IO9 about. I love um, that
1: article. It was like, well, Star <laughs> Wars. Yeah, you think you're all cool. Star Trek did that in the nineties. <laughs> <Yeah. so> bye. <laughs>
0: Um, it talks about Star Trek the experience which was very similar that it had it was a themed area Mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, live costumed uh, 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 people role playing uh, uh, people uh, denizens of the world as well as a ride or two Um, Ah. and that's what the Star Wars it's uh, way bigger budgets. Oh probably, yeah. You know, there's right. a lot, you know, it's got the, the backing of a Disneyland. This uh-huh. was the Star Trek one was at the Hilton in Las Vegas. Okay. And, uh, I, I went there when I was a kid. Yeah. I was oh. going to
1: ask you, did you get to go?
0: Yeah. And it was really, really interesting. Um, it was, um, it, it was like the, you, the first, you walked into this museum of the future mm-hmm. and it's Star Trek is such a weird thing it, compared to other types of fandoms and that you kind of take it seriously. It, it, okay. it's less whimsical and fun yeah. and more like I, I don't know it's just different and sure. I like and that is it is nerdier I guess is I, way I totally said. see what, you, what yeah. you're saying though. like it is the, this exhibit is like a curved wall mm-hmm. like you know a 20 meters long that is a timeline of the future it's like a proper museum with like cards you read yeah and that is what fans wanted <laughs> <laughs> like, but then they had like props from the films and stuff. And this yeah. was in the late 90s when like the, the, a lot of the 90s Star Treks had already been made. Okay. Um, so it was sort of the tail end of that era of its popularity. Okay. Um, but then it had a ride, um, which was really, really, that was the best part. Mm. And this is where the comparisons with Gal- Galaxy's Edge is really interesting because in galaxy's edge, they have uh, two rides. One is open now, uh, um, uh, with the park open. One will be open later this year. Okay. Um, where you, the one is open now, you fly the millennium Falcon. So oh. they built the millennium Falcon and, it, um, the behind the scenes is so fascinating. Like mm-hmm. they, um, you can see it on, on, you know, in the, in the park. And then when you go in line and, and get in the thing, they actually have multiple cockpits that like, uh, uh like rotate so that they can take more, uh, more tour people. groups per hour. Okay. It's so clever. Huh. Uh, really interesting design work that they did and uh, the Star Trek thing was similar in that it was uh, you're meant to be like a, a immersive real experience like it's meant to, uh, which is, I guess a lot of these things are, but like yeah. they really go the extra mile at, at the Star Wars one and then the Star Trek one did this as well. Mm-hmm. And what it was is you started out saying like, oh, here you are at Star Trek The Experience. You're going to go on one of these like motion control rides. I hope you have a great time. Here, stand in line. We're about to open the thing. And so it's yeah. all very like theme parky, right? Like yeah. no, no illusion is broken. They just sort of but then the lights go out mm. and then the lights go on, and suddenly you are in the transporter room of the Enterprise. Oh. Like the walls have moved, and, and then all suddenly everyone's in costume. Huh. They're all treating it like it's real. Wow. They, you, they take you through the hallway and to a replica of the bridge of the Enterprise, and you're so flabbergasted <laughs> that they don't even have like roped off areas. Huh. It is just like. They just trust you're not going to run around. Yeah, like it is. It feels it felt for a teenager anyway. When I did it, it felt really real. And then you get taken to the motion ride, uh-huh. which is so it's this interesting, like a very clever kind of thing. Yeah, and I think Star Wars is trying to do a lot of that, where like the whole area is meant to be a real place in the Star Wars universe. Okay, like all of the pro- all the um, like food you buy and all the products you you can get, which there are many. Um, all are meant to feel real in that space. And, and so this article in io9 talks about like, oh yeah, that's great, but it's been done before. <laughs> so we'll link that cause that's really interesting. But like for game designers, uh, this is really interesting because you think about like this immersion and the sort of the suspension of disbelief, like no one thinks they're really in star Wars when they're at this thing, but like you sort of feel like you are and you can kind of give yourself over to it in a way that is like fun. And I think that that's something we think about as game designers about immersion. We did we talked about this in an episode before. Yeah. About how like immersion isn't about tricking you. Mm-hmm. Right? It's about letting you sort of like give yourself over to it. Yeah. And so these theme parks are really interesting. And in next week's episode we're going to be talking about yeah. um, uh, Martha's topic is going to be about installation stuff. And so Um, It's a it's a really really interesting topic. So that's why I threw it in in there. One, talk about Star Trek, any excuse. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And two, I think it's interesting uh, uh, for game designers to think about how these places are built. Yeah. Uh, Especially if they use a lot more proper video game technology to make these things. Totally,
2: that's Mm -hmm. cool. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh, Other news, I think this
2: one's probably going to be pretty small. But like uh, the GDC summit talks submissions will be open by the time this episode comes out. I think so. Yeah. Yes. So, if you are interested in being part of that, do so. It's really good because, like you know, they, they I think they help pay for your ticket and stuff. They get, right? they get you a ticket. You still okay. got to fly your way there. Um, yeah, but like so two thousand dollars. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, no. No, I think uh, I, there's a lot of really um, legitimate criticism for uh, organizations and and events that will accept um, uh, uh, speakers and talks, but yeah. don't pay their way f- flight hotel and stuff, sure. yeah and GDC is a huge organization that's sponsored by like the you know video game industry right Um, it could do a little better um, but the tickets are so expensive that it feels like a big deal when they yeah, you one. I mean it is though. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so, it
2: doesn't pay for everything but you're like
0: yeah, but it it's just, like half your half or more of your actual cost uh, of money which is ridiculous actually it's yeah, quite but. ridiculous <laughs> Um, I mean I, I didn't mean to turn this into like a hate on GDC because you know I think you everybody, can learn a lot of stuff everybody should things. go once Yeah, and they don't have to go more than once but mm-hmm. You know, anyway, um, but uh, if you do want to uh, try to go as a speaker, um, there are uh, um, submissions for talks for the summits. Now, the yes. summits are specially uh, curated um, um, uh, um, content that happen on the first two days of GDC. So there's the Indie Game Summit, which a lot of our audience would be interested in. Yeah. Um, there's like the um, uh, game advocacy, there's game audio. There's uh, narrative design. A lot of these, they have specific sort of curricula for those two days. Yeah. And then the final, the final three days are sort of the general conference. Right. Now, submission for talks for the general conference ended a couple of days ago, I think. Um, and so if you hadn't submitted there, you're out of luck. But the, all the summits, I believe, are uh, available to be submitted for about a month, so the end of September. We'll post the dates on the show notes, um, but it should be open by the time you hear this. And if I'm wrong, it'll just say so in the notes. Um, But uh, I think a lot of us think like, oh, well, you have to have been, you know, you have to have shipped a, uh, you know, a halo to be, uh, you know, speaker worthy. But like, that's not true. And if you've got a half an hour and a good idea, um, submit. Yeah. You know, Um, if you, you know, uh, uh, this is where imposter syndrome should just like not be part of your thinking. Yeah,
2: don't allow Um, it. Stop. you.
0: Yeah, give them a lot of good ideas because then they can you know, they might pick yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they don't, that's fine too. Yeah. Um, you know, you didn't risk anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I have a couple of thoughts. I'm going to put up a couple of proposals. Uh, you can be as detailed or as vague as you want. Uh, the form is, is uh, actually pretty good at uh, not letting you go on and on about it. Okay. And so the expectations make a lot of sense. Sure. Um, and they have a process where they will move you on to different stages and ask you for a little bit more. So you don't have to worry about writing like a perfect document to sum, just to submit your idea it's yeah. uh, so i encourage people to try yeah i was, um, I was thinking about doing it too. especially if you're planning on going to gdc next year mm-hmm. um it's it's as good as just throwing your hat in for a free ticket yeah that's, um, if you want to be cynical about it but if yeah. you if you do have an interesting take or an interesting experience um like you know something that went really well for you or really badly for you or a, an opinion of yours that maybe not everybody shares but you'd like to get it out there mm-hmm. um those are all things i mean i've been to a lot of these talks and the, the more variety the better yeah Definitely. So I encourage everybody, especially if it's something you don't think you've heard or have seen at a conference like this, yeah. that's what you should submit. Yes,
2: definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be cool.
0: Also, two thousand dollars. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is probably the prime motivation. Yeah, for that's, yeah, that's that's kind of why I. Yeah, you do not that. have to feel bad if that's why you're. you're yeah. <laughs> uh, last thing, Sonic.
2: Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. It's coming out, y'all. This is really yeah. exciting
0: news. Woo. No, not really. But why does this capping our good news segment?
2: Uh, because it's cool. Convinced, I don't know. Convince me. Just- <laughs> okay. Um, so you know how you know you grew up playing Mario games and stuff? I did. And you remember the, you know, all of the fancy sprites that they had in there? Uh-huh. Sonic Games too. Yeah. Sonic Games too. What what if you could have Sonic and Mario competing as though they were in their own games? <laughs> This isn't working. <laughs> I tried. Uh, yeah. Okay. So basically this, uh, the new Olympics game that they're making has a 2d mode where like you can play as Sonic and Mario in their, their original sprites. It's a little bit weird because Sonic is in like the Genesis sprites and mm-hmm. then Mario is in the old NES sprites. So they don't match. Right. But like, it's still really interesting. Well, I don't they, know. They already I mean. don't match. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. But like, it's really interesting because like they had a whole bunch of different ones. They have like a race, which is pretty easy because all of these characters run. Uh-huh. Um. But they also have like. But wrestling. do they run fast? <laughs> well, like in this, they do. <laughs> it's that was always a weird thing because Mario and Sonic competing in a racing game. Yeah. Obviously, Sonic would win.
0: Like, a, like there's a world where Waluigi can run faster than Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe it, but it happened. The greatest again. crossover, <laughs>
1: yeah. of all time. The
2: most ambitious.
0: So when you uh, mentioned this, yeah. and uh, I didn't have the courage to tell you to not put it in the show. <laughs> Um, uh-huh. I was just thinking that you just replaced the character models with like you know standy sprites, and that's all it was. But these are actually different game modes. They are different game modes. Yeah. Oh, that is actually kind of interesting. Right? Yeah. I watched the turn. And I was like, oh, this got is me." Kinda... <laughs> yes.
2: I win.
1: I'm neutral. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, they have a whole bunch of different events. They had running. They had diving. They have a wrestling one, which is weird. Uh-huh. And like, it's not just Mario and Sonic. They have Bowser. They have Peach. They have uh, Eggman. Dr. Eggman and all these other characters. It's it's weird and it's cool and I I liked it, so I put it
0: in the news. <laughs> okay, I, I'm on board. You got all right, me. yeah, it's fun stuff. I mean, these games come out every two years. Sega makes them. Yeah, um, and they're Sega. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, I think it's easy to... Like, they're not bad. Yeah. Uh, I think reviewers are always always have um, a difficult time saying, like, I'm not going to, like, it, like enthusiastically recommend it to you, but it's kind of fun. Yeah. You know, so... I mean, it's like most
2: sports games. They come out every year, and everybody's like, yeah, it's fun. You like yeah. them, so buy it.
0: <laughs> and this is one of the last categories of game that is tied to a real world event. That's true. Like they don't release games for movies anymore that come out the weekend the movie comes out. Yeah. And so that means there's, there's time pressure and the, 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 the scope of them is interesting and they, mm-hmm. they reuse systems, I think, like how Madden and other yearly titles do. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of hard to get that excited except for unless you're really excited about where the Olympics is taking place this time. Yeah. Um, but it's taking place in Tokyo. Right. Uh, and true. so there's tons of Mario stuff happening like as, a, as part of the promotions. Oh, for, that's for cool. the olympics yeah when they announced um uh some such thing uh not the where it was but when they did like sort of like a a, a christening ceremony for some of the new buildings mm-hmm. they had a, a guy in a Mario suit come out of a pipe and like, oh really you know it's a national mascot in a yeah. sense and so that's kind of cool that's fun. i guess
2: <laughs> yeah i don't know i i thought that was really cool news to like have that um experience. Yeah. Also, you know it's all the fun of the Olympics without all of the not fun parts of the Olympics that we won't get into on this show because that's <laughs> past our pay grade, like
0: doping and graft and <laughs> municipal exploitation. Right? Yeah. Oh, no,
2: not talking about
1: that. Oh, this is all this nice news. This is nice news. <laughs> we already did the bad that's, news. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can't. No. Right. You can't Dude do Mario,
2: that. Two D Sonic <laughs> missing each other. It's
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> cool. Cool. Um, and that's all the news. There's no more.
0: That's it. Nothing else happened. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) That's our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app. Be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or a nice like us. We need to know you're out there, so leave a review and tell all your friends too. We want to hear directly from you also, so follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club, where my wife is doing our social media for us and is doing a great job. So send us a tweet and say hi to Dale. Uh, You can also email us at contact at nicegames.club. Lastly, you can find out more about the show and your nice host, as well as get all the links and show notes and, new to this episode, promotional codes from uh, (laughs) this and other episodes soon enough at nicegames.club. So until we start again, remember to play nice
1: and make nice. Yeah. Um, sorry to interrupt, but are we caring about that or not?
0: Um, it's actually kind of chilly out, so why don't, Steven can you rush and, yep. and turn it off? Because I think we can survive, and we'll just cut this out. Thank you, Steven. Thanks, buddy. Now that Stephen's gone, we can talk about Star Trek. Okay,
1: okay, okay. <laughs> Real quick. Uh, Yeah, well, uh, you got me some cool, cute Star Wars things from, yeah, Star Wars, uh, Star Trek, Star Trek things from my birthday,
0: which is please really Please nice. describe them for listeners, because I want to hear how you would describe
1: them. Okay, so they're very cute and tibby. And it's Captain Janeway and Seven and Nine, except they're very, very cute and tiny, Mm -hmm. and they have no legs, and (laughs) they have very cute eyes, and they're smiling really cutely.
0: Steven, we're in the middle of something.
1: sorry. Uh, Except Seven and Nine shouldn't really be smiling, because she doesn't smile very much in the show, but that's okay. So
0: these little uh, stuffed toys are not canon.
1: (laughs) No, but that's okay. I love them anyway. And you can even make Janeway put her little hands on her little hips going beep, beep, beep.